4. We started back in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7, uh, what, what I guess we could call kind of a parenthesis that the author of Hebrews kind of, kind of did a little, little breakout session to, to kind of give his audience a warning. And that parenthesis that started back in uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, we're going to conclude that today in chapter 4, verse 13. Just two short verses today, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. We'll finish up this parenthesis, and then that'll probably wrap us up on Hebrews for this year. Uh, I'll be gone next week, and then we'll come back and only have a couple of weeks before Christmas. And so uh, we will, Lord willing, talk about the birth of Jesus during those weeks. But the first of the year, we're going to get back into Hebrews, and we will hit it hard. We have just now begun to kind of get into the, into the meat of the book. So when we get back into the end of chapter 4, we're going to be talking about a lot of Really neat stuff. But today, we will be in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. We'll read through the text, then we'll pray. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these good words and what beautiful and powerful words they are, dear Lord, that we understand the importance and significance, dear Lord, of the words that you have spoken to us, the words that we have in your scripture, God, the words that, that you have spoken, God, the words that you have spoken through those who penned these words, dear Lord, they are good words for us today if we will hear them. So God, let us be faithful to listen to your word, to hear your word, and to seek your word, not just today, but every day, dear Lord. What else can we go by? What else can we live by other than the truth of your word? So I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that I would preach and teach your word in a way today, dear Lord, that's going to draw us to you. I pray that Jesus is glorified in all that is done here today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps for many of you, maybe all of you, uh, these verses are somewhat familiar. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than a two-edged sword. That's a verse that probably is, is, is one that we know, that we hear, that we're familiar with. But, but we may not, upon hearing that verse or even memorizing that verse we may not always realize the context of the verse. And we do that with a lot of scriptures. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a horrible thing, but it is important that we have some context to the verse. Now, the truth of this verse is good for us, and that is that God's word is good. It is living. It is effective. When we read the word of God and hear the word of God and study the word of God, it is good for us. It is, it is the best thing that there is for us because it tells us all of who God is, all of who Jesus is. It tells us the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so God's word is good for us. 
And so we can apply that in, in many different areas of our life, and, and indeed we probably do. However, here, going through the book of Hebrews, we do get to see a little bit of the context of what it means when it speaks about the Word of God is living and effective. What, what word is it speaking of in the context of this passage that we're looking at? Well, the word that the writer of Hebrews has really focused on here in chapter 3 and chapter 4 is Psalm 95. Now, we're not going through that. We've spent a couple of weeks talking about that as he's kind of repeated the importance of that. We're not going to dig back into that. But, but it was a warning. It was a warning that David gave in Psalm 95. It was the Spirit, the author of Hebrews says, that spoke through David. It's the Spirit of God. The, the Word of God that was written by David is a word that came from the Lord, as all of Scripture is. And so when we talk about the Word of the Lord, the, the Word of God here in this context, in particularly, specifically, it's speaking of Psalm 95. This is the Word of the Lord that he's been talking about. And that Word has been used by the author of Hebrews as a warning. He's saying, look, hey, don't, don't miss the goodness of God. Don't miss the rest of God to be able to rest in the Lord. That's what we saw at the first part of that passage, chapter 3 and chapter 4, was this warning to the audience. Hey, don't abandon God, but, but stand firm in the Lord. Be obedient to God. Don't be disobedient and unfaithful and live in disbelief. This is what happens to people who live that way. But instead, have faith in God. God delivers those who are his faithful remnant. God delivers those who put their hope in him and who trust in him and who live in obedience to him. And so... The Word of God here is a warning not to be disobedient, but to have faith in God. And what's the result of that? Is the author of Hebrews told us in the verses we looked at last week, rest. That's what we really seek is rest in the Lord. And where is that rest found? It's found in Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. That's the rest that we all seek and that we all hope for. And so with that context in mind and that warning in mind and that, 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 that hope of a better rest in mind, he says, pay attention to this word. Pay attention to this word that God has spoken through David that I'm reminding you of about these events that took place in the Old Testament where some people had to experience the wrath of God. But, but don't make that same mistake. Find the rest of God and listen to the word of God. Now, this is good instruction for us today in every area of our life. Now, it may be for us that we need to hear the same warning as David's audience heard and as the author of Hebrews' audience heard. Perhaps there are times that we read God's word and God's word is heavy and convicts us in a way that's like, whoa, I needed to hear that. Now, we may not like to hear that. It may be scary sometimes to read God's Word and to see those warnings and know, wait a minute, God's Word is speaking to me here. I am living in disobedience. I am living in unbelief. And so we need to pay attention to God's Word because it is living and it is effective if we will listen to it. God's Word is unique. It's not like any other word that we read. It's not like a John Grisham novel. We can read those books, and maybe you read them repeatedly, and they may be good. You may enjoy them. 
But John Grisham does not transform your life. He does not make you into a better man or to a better woman. You probably don't have a line that you read daily or weekly or monthly and you continue to go back to because it transforms your life. There's no author that writes in that way, that, that transforms our life in that way. But that's not so for the Word of God. Throughout Scripture, we read the Word of God, and it is living, and it is effective. And we keep reading it day after day and year after year. Verses we have read a hundred, a thousand times. And yet we continue to go back to them. And why do we do so? Because it's living. It's effective. We read it, and it has an effect in our life. It convicts us. It shows us when we are living in sin. It, it gives us guidance in times that we are struggling to make the right decision. It helps us to be reminded that we need to love those who come against us. It reminds us to work hard and to do well and make wise decisions. And the Word of God is good. No matter what situation you are in today or have been in, to the, in the past or will be in in the future, there is something in the Word of God that will get you through that. And it's likely that probably most, if not everybody in this room, you have some verses, some key verses, some main verses that you know, that you remember, that you turn to time and again. And why do you do that? Because God's Word is living it. It, it, it can permeate inside of you, and it can transform who you are. It can take you on a day where you feel down and depressed and hopeless, and it can bring hope into your soul. It can take you on days where you feel hatred and anger towards somebody else, and it can soften that up, and it can, of all things, bring love in your heart toward those people. That is the power of the Word of God. And so when we read this verse, we need to realize what the author is saying. And what he's saying is God's word is good and you need it and you need to listen to it. And that's true for each one of us here today. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of the soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. So what is the Word of God compared to here? It's compared to a sword. Now, oftentimes when we see a sword mentioned in Scripture, it's referring to judgment. We see quite a few references of the sword referring to judgment. And in the context, that seems to fit what the author of Hebrews is talking about here. He's saying, look, you've got the Word of God before you. You've heard the Word of God. Now you better listen to the Word of God because God's Word is like a sword and it will cut into your to your inmost parts it will cut deep into your heart it can separate everything that is within you god knows all that is there and when that sword comes what is it going to find when it cuts into your innermost part when it cuts into your heart of hearts like a like a surgeon's blade god can 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 take that sword and he can he can cut deep down inside of you and that's the power of god's word it can hit places that other people don't even know exist. There are things in our heart that are bad, that are evil, and we bury them inside, and we keep them tucked away, and we think nobody else knows, and they may not know, but God knows because he's got a sword that is his word, and it can penetrate into the deepest and darkest and hardest of hearts. And sometimes people, I believe, avoid God's word for that very reason. We read God's word, and it convicts us so much so that we don't want to hear it because we know what we're doing is wrong and perhaps we don't want to be told of that, but we need to be told of that. 
That's why the Word of God is so good, because it can reach areas that no one else or nothing else can. It goes to your innermost parts, the things that you think are the deepest and darkest secrets, secrets that you have held from everyone that you have ever known, but yet you have not hidden them for one second against God. Because God can cut into your innermost parts, into the deepest parts of your heart, and he knows what is in there. Now, that's a pretty scary thing. That's a pretty scary thing because it's likely that there are some things in our heart that we, that we cringe now as we're in this building and we think about those things. We cringe to know that those things are in our heart, to know that those things are part of our life. And so where does our hope come from it's that, if that's where we are today? Well, our hope comes from the Word of God that can cut into our heart, that can shine light into the darkness, that can transform us and change us, and that can clean up the darkness of our heart. That God can take someone like you and I that's got this evil that's in us, and he can make us into something beautiful if we seek his word and listen to what it says. What a beautiful thing the word of God is. It's living and effective. And how often do we read the word of God? How often do you hear the word of God? How often do you live by the Word of God? Maybe you don't ever read the Word of God. Maybe you come and this is it. This is all the Word of God you've heard this week and all you're going to hear next week is these two verses. I hope that's not the case, but perhaps it is for some. But what we need to do is we need to be seeking the Word of God. It needs to be part of our life because this is our guidebook. This is what strengthens us. This is what guides us. This is what gives us hope is the Word of God of God. And so we need to know the Word of God. We need to be in the Word of God. You need to make that part of your life, to be in the Word of God. You got to start somewhere. Start with one verse a day. Even if it's just one verse a day, say, okay, I'm not going to give you something that's so hard it's going to overwhelm you. Maybe this week, maybe every day this week, if you could just look at one verse. You can probably download an app, a, a, a daily verse, just one verse. That's a good place to start. There is no amount of God's word that's, that's too little. Any amount that you read is good enough. You start with one verse, and you see if God begins to work in your life. And I just bet you anything that if you begin to read God's word, that you will find something in God's word that you need to hear. Because God speaks to us through his word if we will read his word. So we need to read the word of God. We need to listen to the word of God. Why? Because it is living and effective and sharper than a double-edged sword. It can reach us in a way that nothing or no one else can reach us. What does he say at the end of verse 12 there? It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. Now think about that verse for one second. Here is God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And the scripture says that one day we must all give an account to this God. That there is nothing, nothing that will be hidden from him. We will be naked and exposed when we stand before God. Think about that for a moment. Oh, what a, what a scary thought that that is if we dwell on that idea. 
Think about, think about even, even in today's time. Just think about if, if I were to tell you to come up here today and stand before everybody and strip down of all that you were wearing and stand before all of us naked and exposed, how embarrassing and ashamed that that would make us feel. Nobody would, 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 would volunteer to do that. But yet one day we're going to stand before the Lord and that's what it's going to be like. We're going to stand before the Lord and there's going to be nothing hiding who we are. God is going to see every part of us. And what is he going to see of us? Is he going to see of us things that we are proud of? Are we going to stand before God on that day and say, God, here I am, I am yours? Are we going to stand there on that day and all the careless words that we have spoken and the deeds that we have done are all going to be before God and we're going to stand there and we're going to feel ashamed and embarrassed because what if we've heard the word of God but yet we've not lived by the word of God? What if we've heard the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ but we haven't put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ? What good will it do us on that day? All we will have to offer God on that day is our careless and dirty and nasty and sinful deeds. And oh, what a horrible day that will be if we have not put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But what a glorious day that will be for those of us who stand before God, not based on our own works, but based on the works of Jesus Christ. That we can stand before God and we can boast in Christ. We can stand before God and we can know that our sins have been covered, that our sins can, uh, have been forgiven, and that we are not worthy to stand in the presence of our Creator, but because of what God did by sending us His Son to die on the cross, we will be able to stand in the love and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. If we hear God's Word and we live by God's Word, and what does God's word cause us to? It calls us to Jesus. Why does it call us to Jesus? Because there is no other hope that we have. We can walk around in this world and, and we can walk around, figuratively speaking, as though we are a soldier that is dressed in armor to the core from head to toe with all, everything we can so that nothing in this world can ever penetrate us or penetrate our heart, but that will not be able to, to hold God off. When that day comes, there's no amount of anything that we have that's going to protect us from God because His Word is like a sword that's going to cut to our innermost parts, into our heart. So what does your heart look like this morning? Maybe you say, my heart is, is really bad. Well, praise the Lord. God's Word is good. What's the cure? It's Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God. That's what's going to help the hardness in our heart, the anger in our heart, the bitterness in our heart, the darkness in our heart, whatever that may be in our hearts today. If there's some there, then we need to seek the Word of God and we need to say, okay, God, your Word has shown me that I'm not being the man or the woman that I need to be. Now, God, I need you to show me in your Word how I need to be that man and woman that you want me to be. There is power in the Word of God. There's power in the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. We talked about that at the beginning of the book of Hebrews. Jesus is referred to as the Word. What power there is in the Word of God. 
that it can transform and change our lives into the men and women that God wants us to be if we will allow it. So maybe today you sit here and you say, well, I've heard this passage a million times and I've heard God's word a million times, but have you ever lived by God's word? Have you ever made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus and say, look, you are the king in my life and I am going to live for you, Jesus, and I'm going to follow your word? Have you ever done that before? It's not just enough that we come and hear God's word. There are lots of people who have heard God's word and disregarded it. But the author of Hebrews says to his audience and what he's been saying is, listen, I'm giving you a warning. You know what God has spoken. Therefore, listen to what God has said and trust in him. There is power in the word of God. What kind of power is there? Power for anything that you need. Now, I'm going to read for you today. Ten scriptures. Some of you say, oh my, I don't have time for this. Well, I'm not going to talk much about them. But look, just to show you what the power of the Word of God, and you may have heard some of these before, but this is just ten scriptures that I think are good. And you may say, well, I could have picked ten better. You probably could have. But the Bible is full of good scriptures. And this is just an example of why we need the Word of God and how it guides us and how it is there for us and how it helps us and how it warns us. Here's a few scriptures that I think are good scriptures. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's pretty good instruction. That's pretty good instruction for us to live by. Are we doing that today? Can you say that of yourself? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God this morning? Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Some of you may be in this room today and you may be saying, well, I ain't found God. Well, have you been seeking him and searching for him with all your heart? Or you do, do you just flippantly come to church twice a month and think, well, I come, but I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next week and my heart wasn't really in it? Well, guess what? You're not going to find God. But I'll tell you this, when you come before God and you seek God and you call to God, you will find him when you seek him and search for him with all of your heart. And that's what the word of God tells us. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. That's pretty good advice, pretty good practical advice. And by the way, the Proverbs are full of good practical advice. You having a decision you need to make, not sure what you need to do, not sure how you need to live your life. Well, here's how you need to, to live your life. Commit your ways to the Lord. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. That's the first place to start. Seek the Lord. Hey, I'm going to follow his advice. I'm going to follow his lead. I'm going to live for him. Every choice I make is going to be for his glory. Everything I do is going to be to be a good representative for him and live the way he calls me to. And you might be shocked to surprise that when you start living and doing things the way that the Lord calls you to, how much things just fall into place so much better. Things that you used to worry about, you don't worry about. You used to not be sure what you were going to do. Well, lo and behold, when you start living by the word of God in simple verses like this, it's amazing how much difference that that will make in your daily life. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Oh, I tell you what, that's a favorite for me. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I worry sometimes. And how powerful it is in your days of worry and your days of, of not sure how you're going to make it through to be able to turn to a living and effective word and read that word and get some peace from it. What a beautiful thing it is. Don't worry, God will take care of you and he will give you a peace that surpasses understanding. These are the types of verses that we need to have them saved on our phone, stick to our refrigerator, whatever, memorized in our mind because the days come that are a struggle and God's word is full of verses that will help us in those times of worry and struggle, whatever they may be. Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Boy, isn't that good, because there are days that our strength needs to be renewed. There are days that we feel like we cannot go on any further. How can we go on? By the power of the Word of God, because there's hope through Jesus Christ, and we can, we can bank on every one of these promises. Everything we see in God's Word is good for us. There is strength in the power of God's Word. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13, For I, Yahweh your God, hold your right hand and say to you, Do not fear, I will help you. What a powerful verse. Do not fear, for I will help you. How many days of our life have just been filled with fear? Million situations come up in our life that would involve fear. We lay in bed at night and we fear what may happen. What if this happens? What if that happens? I'm going through this, this already happened. And we lay there in fear saying, what will I do? I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can overcome. And how much power is there on those days when we can look at a verse like this and it says, do not fear, I will help you. Boy, that's good. That's good to know that God says, I will help you. Because every one of us, there are days that we need that help. And what a beautiful thing that God gives us his word as a reminder that he will help us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 14. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. Above all, above all, Peter says the same thing. Put on love. Above all, love needs to be at the forefront of what we do. And we may need to ask God to help us to do that because it's easy to love some people. It's easy to live our life in love in some situations, but other times it's a lot hard for us to be loving. But above all things, what needs to be our main focus is to love one another. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Above all, put on love. Put on love for God and put on love for one another. And oh, what a beautiful thing that is. How beautiful it is when you love your, your family. How beautiful it is when you love your friends. How beautiful it is when we can come together as a church and we can love one another. Oh, what a beautiful thing that is to love above all else. And God's word reminds us of that. And perhaps we need to be reminded of that some more than others. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ 
died for us. We talk about the love of God. What is the most beautiful example of love in Scripture? Is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Perhaps we need to be reminded of that. There's power in the Word of God. Sometimes we sin and we feel so ashamed and we feel so guilty and we feel just, just, just bummed out. But even though Jesus knew we were going to be sinners, this verse reminds us that he died for us. Perhaps you've read that verse a hundred times or a thousand times, but it's still just as good no matter how many times you have read it. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Perhaps sometimes there are occasions in life where we're struggling with what is right and what is wrong, and we know what the Word of God says what it says to do and what it says to not do. So here's a good question. Are we going to live by the commands of Jesus or not? Jesus says, if you love me, you will. Perhaps we need to ask ourselves that question when we are up against difficult situations. Even simple verses like this can be helpful to us, and they come from the Word of God. Finally, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the tribunal of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or whether worthless. Boy, you wish I'd have probably left that one off. We don't like those kind of verses. We like the ones that make us feel good, but the Bible is also full of verses like this that are warnings. The same type of warning that we just saw in the book of Hebrews, that one day we will stand before the Lord and we will answer for our works. Now, praise the Lord, if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, our works should 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 reflect that. The works that we do in Christ should reflect love for one another and the way that we treat one another. But for those who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ and their hearts have not been transformed, then, oh, they're not going to have very many good works to speak of when that day comes. These are just 10 simple verses, verses that I like, and maybe you know some of them, or maybe your, your list of 10 would be totally different than mine. But here's the point. God's word is good. And we need to be in God's Word, and we need to find those verses that speak to us. We need to find those verses that the Holy Spirit can convict us and encourage us and uplift us and guide us and instruct us and lead us and help us to be the men and the women God wants us to be. There is great power in the Word of God. It is living and effective. And we can, we can put hope in the Word of God because of Jesus Christ. Because the Son of God came and gave His life so that we could be forgiven. So that all things could be fulfilled. So that all things could be accomplished. And it's because of Jesus' work, because of His death and because of His resurrection, that we come today and we read these living words of God and we find hope in them because of what Jesus has done. I hope today that you're living by the Word of God. I hope today that you know the Word of God. I hope today that you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I hope that we make God's Word part of our life because that is what guides us on how to live. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good Word. And I pray, dear Lord, that your Word is living and effective. But dear Lord, if we don't read it, if we don't hear it, well, then it can't be very effective. So God, let us make an effort to know your word, to hear your word, and to live by your word. God, I pray that you would help us to, 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 to be intentional about, about spending time in your word, dear Lord, and that we would let it work, that we don't just read it to say we read it. We don't just read it to check that off the list. Oh, I read my verse today, but, but God, we read it seeking you with all of our heart 
so that your word can do a work in our life, dear Lord. We gotta wanna accept it. We gotta wanna hear it. We wanna we gotta wanna let it work in our life, God. So I pray, I pray that we would do that. I pray that even these couple of verses that we looked at today, God, maybe you've spoken to somebody's heart in this room. Maybe you've already been working on them. Maybe, maybe your word has already cut through to their heart. And maybe today they realize there's some there's some sin there they need to repent of. Praise the Lord, God. I pray that they would just repent of you in this time that they would just open up their heart to you, that they would pour it out. God, you already know it's there. They know it's there. And maybe today is the day that they say it's time. It's time for me to stop living in this darkness and get this get this evil out of my heart, God. And that's possible only through Jesus Christ. Maybe there are some in this room and they've never put their faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe they, they know your word. Maybe they've memorized your word. Maybe they've heard your word. But maybe they've never trusted in your word. Maybe they've never lived by your word. God, I pray that today would be the day. God, if there's any in this room today that have made that decision, that if that have repented of their sin, that have prayed out to you this morning, that have called out to you this morning, that has opened their heart out to you this morning, and they've and they've begin to seek you with all their heart, and they've asked you to forgive them, dear Lord. They've put their trust in Jesus. God, if there are some that have that have made that commitment today, I pray that they would come down here in just a moment. God, so we can celebrate with them. So we can baptize them, dear Lord, just as your word commands. But God, I pray today that we would we would listen to your word. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.